Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. They sit behind a really big desk in Washington, D.C., making decisions. They've been sitting there since 1789, and the nine people who occupy those chairs represent the place where, in this country at least, the legal buck stops cold. I'm talking about the Supreme Court, and if you're like me, that's about all you know about them. Here to expand our knowledge is Kevin James, Associate Director of the North American Religious Liberty Association, Southern Union Chapter. He's talking to us from his office in Atlanta, Georgia. Kevin, welcome back to LifeQuest Liberty. Thank you, Charles. Good to be with you again. Okay, give me a little history lesson here, Kevin James. Why can't I simply depend on my local courts to make the final legal decisions in my life? And what has the Supreme Court done for me lately? <laughs> Well, sometimes it's hard to figure out oftentimes. Of course, the Supreme Court being uh, a third of the federal government uh, that we have as a nation uh, that was divided in the executive power, the legislative power, which was the Senate and the House, and then the judicial power. And, of course, all of them are brought into their positions in different ways. We vote senators and representatives. We have an electoral college over the president, even though we do vote also with that. But uh, the Supreme Court are justices that are appointed, and they're appointed for the purpose of trying to interpret the Constitution, interpret disputes that take place between parties in light of what the Constitution says. I mean, that's generally speaking what they're trying to do. So if things can get settled in the lower courts, moving from a municipal court to a state court to finally get to the federal court, if, there's, if those are not answered and they're appealed all the way up, the Supreme Court has the discretion on what to receive and not to receive. Um, they've only got so much time. They've only got so much of a docket they can deal with. But right. it gets there, and um, you've got uh, arguments done, as we hear, and then the Justices go in their corners and deliberate on what they want to do and how they get to say it. Chief Justice has a lot of influence in trying to get the court to, uh, you know, make a decision and come in a certain way. So it's a very dynamic and intriguing part of our government. In other words, when the Supreme Court does its thing, they are acting as both judge and jury on the cases they're hearing. Am I right? Yeah, in a lot of ways. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so if I am in my local town and I go have to go to court, someone takes me to court, and I don't like the decision, I can appeal that up to the state level, and if I don't like the decision there, based on, I'm thinking, that's not constitutional. What you're saying to me, and what, your punishment is not constitutional, that I can take further up, up, up to the Supreme Court. Now, is the Supreme Court this all-knowing body, or is there something about the Supreme Court that makes them more knowledgeable than the people downtown in my little town of Berkeley Springs, West Virginia? <laughs> well, obviously, the justices, each one of them, have a lot of experience uh -huh. judicially. Uh -huh. They're people that are very of a caliber. They're very smart. They're very well-read. They live and breathe the law. And, of course, they've gone up through the ranks, too. 
Some of them have started out as lawyers, and then they get into maybe a, a local court setting, and then a circuit court or a district court, um, and then they eventually make an appointment to the justice if that's the line that they go. And depending on influences and people that they know and how they get there and the president and the timing, you know, they end up there. But they're very smart people. You know, by and large, everyone that's on the Supreme Court justice tries to do the best that they can. But they're people like all the rest of us. They all come with biases and they all come with uh, certain viewpoints that differ. And out of that, <laughs> out of that uh, mix, yes. uh, they, they end up making these decisions. Now, when you look at the present uh, setup of the Supreme Court, and we just had a new justice sworn in, and looks like someone may be retiring, and we may need to have some more, it would seem to me, Kevin James, that the Supreme Court is fluid. Like you say, everybody brings their own bias. How does the present Supreme Court look to you when it comes to religious liberty issues? What would be the best kind of Supreme Court to have, and do we have that? Well... What's been friendly to religion has been courts that have been perhaps uh, more liberal, you mm-hmm. might say. Mm-hmm. Liberal courts have a tendency to be good on establishment of religion on the Trinity case. Yes. Kind of uh, gives us that indication, and let me explain that. In the Trinity case, as some people may know, there was a whole issue about uh, how a Lutheran Church in Missouri had applied for some grants that were you know, generally available to groups mm-hmm. for improvement to help uh, using recycled tires, wanting to improve their playground. And what happened was is that they were denied because in Missouri there's a thing in their constitution called the Blaine Amendment. Mm-hmm. Blaine Amendments uh, are amendments that uh, about 32 of the states adopted that said there would be no state funding being given to religious organizations. Mm-hmm. It's just very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Justice Roberts writes the opinion, and they, they take the, the issue that somehow the Church was being denied its uh, free exercise of religion. I won't go into the details on that. But to show how there's this influence, Justice Roberts tries to make this decision narrow in the sense that this just applies to this playground. Mm-hmm. And he puts a footnote in the decision and uh, interesting enough, Gorsh wrote against that. He suggests that, wait a minute, we could broaden it more than just playgrounds. So now you've got a situation for the first time the court has voted uh, that has ordered, you know, to send state monies to religious organizations. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, even though Roberts tried to make it narrow on playgrounds, Gorsh demonstrates his problems with establishment and that he wants to expand that already, right out the gate. Mm-hmm. So judicial philosophies, of course, that justices have, and they have various ones, they do matter. They do shape the way uh, decisions may be made down the line. You know, it's not, it's not just a momentary decision. Justices, you know, are all involved in the evolutionary process yes. that takes place in law. And it's over time that decisions really start building up and making impact, especially in 5-4 decisions, which Trinity was not. But in 5-4 decisions, justices have a tendency to really push the needle towards either their conservative spectrum or their liberal spectrum, depending on the time and the circumstances and the types of cases that are presented before them. All right. 
We're talking with Kevin James. He is the associate director of the North American Religious Liberty Association Southern Union chapter. He's talking to us from his office in Atlanta, Georgia. Kevin, as you look into your crystal ball, and I guess all of you religious liberty people have crystal balls, which are fully operational. Am I right in saying that? Well, mine's murky. Yours is is murky. (laughs) We do the best we can. As you look into your crystal ball, do you see any red flags that are waving from the front deck of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. right now that concerns you? Something that you say, well, that could go well, but that could go pretty badly for the separation of church and state. Anything you see there? Well, obviously, Trinity that we just mentioned, I think in its effect presently, because it was just the playground kind of a thing, yeah, maybe not so much, but just the the rhetoric that Gorsh used in his, his statement on Trinity already is signaling that we could be seeing a, a more conservative movement that may not be so friendly to religious liberty, especially establishment issues. We've got a you know case coming up with a, a baker, a Christian owner yes. of a bakery in Colorado. Uh, that is being examined on the basis of both free exercise and freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. Uh, that will be a very, very important case to decide. It's a tricky case because you're dealing with trying to balance rights within protected classes. Mm -hmm. And this particular baker ran into problems like other bakers in Oregon or florists in Washington or photographers in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. They ran up against new state legislation that had passed anti-discrimination laws that included sexual orientation and gender identity. And that's where these Christian owners ran into problems. They had decided that they were not able to produce what they see as their artistic work for a purpose of a same-sex marriage, Mm -hmm. that it would violate their their conscience on it. So we have this this clash right now in trying to to balance out the rights of all these other protected classes with religious rights. Mm-hmm. And so this one coming up, I think, is going to be quite profound. But I think what we can expect is, because we've got a, probably at least two justices that could be going pretty soon, and that's Ruth Ginsburg and, and of course, Justice Kennedy, which I think the rumors have been swirling about his retirement. Right. Under the present administration, we could see more conservative justices come on board that may have this tendency to not be very strong on establishment issues. We could be looking down the line of seeing some some damage. All right, very good. And of course, unlike the presidency or Congress, these justices are put in for as long as they want to be there. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, yeah. all right. They wanted the court not to be politicized mm-hmm. as much as possible, you know, that they would be free from any kind of political influence. Of course, we know that that's not completely true. And so they have lifetime appointments, which carry over, you know, they, of course, they last a lot longer than your president or your yes. legislative <laughs> branches, yes. obviously. And so uh, they are, in that sense, they attempted to make it non-political, and yet it is still, just by the nature of it, is political, because it's a political appointment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The president appoints, and then the Senate has to confirm. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have, just by its very nature, a political process in getting a person who has a lifetime tenure Mm -hmm. on that bench. And so it does matter 
I think there's been some studies that they've looked at this and they've come away saying, you know, the degree of interest or importance of the bench isn't so big after all. And yet, really, it is big because it's something that goes over a long period of time not just by a moment, necessarily. All right, very good. Kevin James, Associate Director of the North American Religious Liberty Association, Southern Union Chapter. Kevin, thank you very much for being with us today. I appreciate your words of wisdom always. Thank you. Appreciate it, Charles. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Kevin James, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.